welcome to Creative Block. We're your hosts, V. And Sean, we interview people in the creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on our social medias if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Today, we have with us Inbal Breda. Welcome onto the show. Hi! Inbal, you are like an amazing animator and storyboard artist. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Also because, just like me, you moved to LA. You weren't always here in LA. <laughs> yeah, I moved here uh, late 2019. How is that like for you? Because that is, it is a lot to move from another country, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. <laughs> it's uh, and especially like uh, moving like right before the pandemic. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. <gasps> How long did you have here in LA before everything closed down? few months yeah because i was about to ask did you get to see any of la <laughs> before it closed <laughs> down it's just like <laughs> a little yeah i got to see like pre-pandemic la just a bit oh my gosh that's Gnarly. so crazy so prior to moving to la what was your main i would say like job i was a freelance uh, mostly store uh, mostly an animator but also storyboard artist by the time before i moved here i was freelancing for uh, disney tv mainly so i worked as a storyboard artist and revisionist but yeah before that i mostly did animation work mm. and you said um you were freelancing, so were you working um for companies or for like uh like YouTube indie artists? I kind of want to know a little bit what kind of jobs you were doing. Yeah, mostly for studios and companies. Like when I started out, they did like more for individuals. Uh, but uh, once you start working for companies, it's like <laughs> oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. It's like the it's money is year. better. <laughs> I mean, it's easier. You don't have to like argue, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's more. Um, how do I say it? Um, it's more. They've got things in order. They know what they want. Mm -hmm. They know they have a pipeline. So, yeah, it's like more organized. So, so yeah, before you were organized. working with companies, was it more like um, freelance for individuals, like YouTube channels, like that, like people that you knew? Or were uh or or other or other types of freelance, like for um like smaller companies mm -hmm. or shops or, or or whatever. I worked for uh let's see uh, I worked on ads. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked with uh Golden Wolf uh for a while. Uh, who else did I? Work with? Oh, I mean you don't you don't have to list all of them or anything. I I was just curious about like what your road from like because you're like scaling up in like in more in reliability of clients so like like yeah. i was just curious about what it was like to go from you know uh getting a job here and there with individuals to then like getting i don't know if it's like ad work to getting you know how did you feel like you were leveling up uh mainly through social media getting my mm -hmm. stuff out there uh getting it noticed that really helped and uh yeah that's how 
-hmm. I went from like local stuff to working with international clients. What would you say is your piece that got you the most attention on social media? Because I think that's something that we kind of say a lot on the podcast is that like posting on social media gets you noticed by professionals, et cetera, et cetera. But it can be kind of hard sometimes to get noticed in like the amount of content there is. So what would you say was, how would you describe the way you're posting and what was your piece that you think was got really popular? I think I started by posting um, gifts from my uh, graduation film on my Tumblr. Mm. And later, like, I did all sorts of stuff. Like, I tried, like, more painterly stuff. But after that, I kept doing more gifts. And I feel like, I think the Steven Universe animation I did, that got a, a good amount of attention on... Tumblr and Twitter. I still have it pinned on my Twitter because it's kind of like, I don't know, it has sentimental value. Like what you get recognized for sometimes? Kind of. It's really cool. Like the animation is so good. Thanks. And do you feel like, what what was the process like for you to, to storyboard and animate that little Steven Universe like kind of fight uh, animated sequence? Oh man, it was a while ago, so let me try to remember. Um, I don't know, I think I just like really liked Steven Universe at that time, and um, I think I saw some of the board artists post like their own boards online. Mm. Uh, some of it was like fight scenes, like really cool stuff, so... I also got into like animating fight scenes, I guess, more like into Sakuga stuff. And so I wanted to try doing that with Steven Universe characters. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, it's what's kind of funny is that you say you're be, you were inspired by animatics and storyboards, but your piece is like full on animated. <laughs> My interest was kind of too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. When you did your your thesis film, and by the way, where did you go to college? Uh, I went to uh, Bezalel Academy of Art and Design in Jerusalem. Uh, I got a bachelor's in animation, I think. No, in arts. <laughs> I, I don't know how, how it works. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, that kind of stuff, like, yeah, did you have to translate all that when you applied for the visa? Like, kind of, like, what your degree means out here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you call it? Bachelor's degree? Mm. I think, what is it called when you, when it's, like, five years post, um, oh, it's post four high years. school? Three years? Four. Four? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, because I don't, I don't know either. I know there's like a master's. I know there's a bachelor's, but I don't know which one is the longer. <laughs> uh, ma master's is uh, longer. Bachelor's uh, is shorter. Yeah. Okay, so you have a master's, I think. <laughs> no, no, ma not master's. Master's, I know, is like what you go. I think master's is plus is four is like plus four. Like, like it's like six or eight sometimes, right? Oh, so there's like a four, like some masters can be four years and so. No, 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 no. The ba bachelor's is usually, bachelor's is usually four years, I think. And then master's is after that, like plus two years or plus four years, I think. Oh, right. right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, and maybe like an associate is the one under or something. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think associates is like two years or something. Okay. How much? Um, I I wanted to ask you because how much of like your your experience of animation do you feel you got through college versus learning online? Because because you're a really good animator. Like I <laughs> I remember seeing your your gifs and all of your little animation on Tumblr's, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's like so good. It's you have like not only is it like very smooth and like well animated but also all the colors and everything like the illustrations and the animation are so nice i don't know if my college had like uh, really good drawing instruction or animation instruction it's also like it gets you to make films it gets you to do your homework and actually work on projects so you get better like that and they don't exactly teach you the drawing skills for that. I mean, they do a little, but like not really. Like, I, I know you want to go blind and then um, there it's like, uh... <laughs> I mean, I feel it's like, like a boot camp, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but it's like strictly just for animation. I feel like I didn't really learn that much in terms of like illustration or, you know, like stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, because they expect people to already have that. So it was just like, it was only focused on animation. Ah. And um, so that was kind of, I mean, there was a, a tiny, tiny little bit of like color theory and stuff. And like, but it was like so little compared to the animation curriculum and even mm. storyboards. <laughs> so that's why I was wondering, I was wondering if you like learned more online than, because I do think it's like inspiring as well. Like when someone is like, like learns also on their own. Uh, I do think I learned more online. Uh, I think going to school was more like, you know, gets you to do the projects and all. Uh, but like actual, like learning about animation, that was more online. And also my school was very like, it was more about like the artistic part of uh, animation. Like, uh, how do I say it? Experimental kind of? Yeah, kind of. More like experimental, experimental. more like about getting a film for film festivals. Okay. Like we didn't have a history of animation class, for example. We had a history of video art. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like we learned about the guy who filmed himself sleep. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, he also filmed himself doing other things. That's so but funny. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, kind of like almost like performance art or like a video. Or yeah, like, kind of like pretty much like high arts. Yeah. Or like Marina Abramovich and stuff like that. Like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what we learned was about this sort of thing. Not so much like animation and drawing. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. And so, and so, how was it? How was it like freelancing? How did you? I like to ask about a little bit about the lifestyle of freelancing versus the lifestyle of like working at a studio? Um, let's see. I think working at a studio is definitely uh, easier. You don't have to, you don't have to be your own boss, I guess. Mm. You don't have to, there's less business. So when I started working for Disney TV, when I started freelancing for them, it was very, it, it felt kind of like a relief. They like knew what they were doing. They had their own, I mean, like the studios I worked for before had their own pipeline too. 
were were you freelancing um internationally like overseas yeah everything i did was like mostly for the uk and for uh the us mm -hmm. before i moved here how long were you freelancing for the uk and the us before you got to move to la five or four years i think something like that for that i worked uh at a game company oh yeah for one year like right after college uh mobile game company and yeah after that i was a freelancer oh nice was there a reason why you you started doing freelance or like how did you manage to start doing freelance and like uh, leave the mobile game company did you like how did you build your list of clients it took a while. I mean, I think mostly through social media. I think maybe I applied once or twice. But yeah, I got a lot of clients through social media and also like others were like word of mouth, like um like someone who know me from another another project I worked on. It's been a while now, so I need to like think about how it worked. <laughs> But yeah, it was like once I knew enough people, it really helped. I think it's also really cool to hear that you were kind of doing that for five, four to five years before you landed a job in the US, because I feel like that was a little bit of the case for me as well, was kind of like mm -hmm. that amount of time before I was able to apply for a visa or like before a company applied yeah. for a visa for me. And so you basically, have you... Have you only worked for Disney since you were in LA? Or did you also work for other companies here? Not so much here in LA, but uh, yeah, full time I only worked for Disney TV. Nice. But yeah, I remember I even like uh, asked you about visa stuff like years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The visa, <laughs> the, the expats, we, <laughs> we have to figure it out. It's so much, it's so much work. Uh, <laughs> it's so much work kind of like getting that stuff all sorted out. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. And so, so what was the first show that you storyboarded for when you got here? When I got here, Amphibia. I mean, before that, I... Uh, freelanced on the Owl House and Big City, Big City Greens. And I also worked on the opening for DuckTales. Oh, nice. Uh, so that was with Golden Wolf. What What was the thing that prompted you to like, like okay, I'm going to actually go to LA? Like, what what made you decide to like, like, I'm I'm tired of like doing this long distance? Uh, well, basically, I got an offer to move here to work on Amphibia. The showrunner, Matt, contacted me. I did a test and everything, and I got a visa through Disney. So yeah, it was kind of like, uh, oh, that's a pretty good offer to move to LA. Might be interesting. There's no way it's going to be like a pandemic or something. <laughs> Nothing will go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... How did you manage while working to kind of keep posting on your social media? Because you were pretty active posting on Tumblr and stuff. Uh, not that much. <laughs> I mean, it's like every once in a while, those animations I post don't take me that long. It's just like I work on them on and off. Uh, and so I don't, don't do like much beside them. You don't have like no. a schedule that you keep. It's just like, oh, I have an idea for a thing and I finish it and that kind of thing. Yeah. If I come up with an idea, I'll be like, oh, work on it like really. <laughs> I'll start working on, on it really hard. So 
Uh, but then I'll go. I'll go a while without having an idea. So for those animations, what's your process like coming up with them? It, are you do you, do you like doodle in ideas in a notebook, and then you're like, oh, it'd be funny if this part moved, or are are you thinking about a story? Like, what what is your process like um, making those or coming up with them? Uh, it's mostly like I think. Like, I come up with an idea that I like, that I want to, that I feel like animating, and then I do it. I animate it. Yeah, Let's yeah. see. Well, sometimes it's as simple as that. I, I didn't mean to, like, complicate mm -hmm. it or anything. Oh, no, if, I'm if, sorry. If you know. I was just like, uh, <laughs> I get a little distracted. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's usually, like, coming up with something I want to draw, something I want to animate, something, like, uh, it's all like part of the like it's all using my OCs. <laughs> I don't really like coming up with a lot of new characters for these animations, so I usually use the same the <laughs> same few characters. <laughs> yeah, like you're you've had your OCs for a while, and I've seen you like like you you wrote a full pitch for them too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that, like the process to like write the pitch and like who you pitched it to and kind of like how like what the experience was like for you let's see i've been like animating these characters for a while uh they're actually sort of the same characters that were in my graduation short but over there i like originally i came up with them as sisters uh but then i changed them for like i changed them for the graduation short to like fit the plot for it so i had these characters in my head for a while for the pitch i kind of like had to come up with a more concrete idea of who they, who they are what they do uh like what their typical episode would look like that that took a bit but i eventually came up with something that i was pretty satisfied with so now i <laughs> So uh, now I have a story for them. Like before that, uh, not as much, but now I have a story for them that I like. I was just curious about what you were thinking about when you first came up with this character. Like, was a, did you have certain influences where you were like, oh man, I want to draw something that like feels like this, but like do it my own way? Or uh, I guess I would like really do. Um... 80s and 90s anime okay so is is it maybe oh. like some some astro boy influence kind of stuff is oh that, yeah is that part? i really liked the uh 2003 astro boy show if you've seen it yeah you that? that uh that gift that you did of that monster chasing your character that loop of that monster chasing your characters is so it's so good and i, I remember seeing that on uh twitter before um becoming officially familiar with your work like i just remember seeing oh. that gift somewhere reposted by somebody yeah that's, that's my really nice. latest one <laughs> yeah i just wanted to draw like a, a monster it's so cool yeah so yeah i was like really into like anime uh 80s 90s anime action stuff what else uh <laughs> also stuff like steven universe cartoons um well, Amphibia, which I worked on. <laughs> I really like that style of episodic uh, sort of cartoon. It reminds me of, like, Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole season, just, like, mm -hmm. episodic stuff. But then the season finale is, like, 
girl, shit hits the fan. Just like really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really, I really so, like how um, like that's how like like Samurai Champloo is formatted. Like each episode yeah. is like its own little story, and they're on the. You mm-hmm. just know that they're on this journey, and they're getting a little bit further. But there's not like a whole lot of carrying over from each episode. It's just each one is like a short story. Yeah, or uh, Space Dandy. I really like yes! that one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a good show. <laughs> such crazy animation on that. I think it also reminds me of when I was a kid and watched cartoons, and I really wanted there to be a continuity. Mm-hmm. I really wanted there to be a plot. There was no one and one, but like I wasn't even able to follow follow those shows. I never knew when they were airing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now with the internet, you can watch it all. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I feel like I watched a lot of Cowboy Bebop uh, when I was um, like very young and I was like probably 12 because Mm -hmm. my sister was like recording them on VHS, but Mm -hmm. I never got to finish watching the show. I got really far though. I got, Mm -hmm. but, and (laughs) never, but now I know I could watch it because it's all on Netflix. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing about like watching when they were airing is sometimes you would catch like half the episodes and then by the when you see it again the run has started over again and you didn't see the end like when yeah, you were yeah, watching yeah. it on mm-hmm. cable or something now now you can just binge watch it on you know netflix or hulu or whatever yeah uh, man that character is so cute i like it a lot <laughs> it's fun to grow mm-hmm. yeah these characters are yeah. so appealing Though now I kind of regret the way I designed her with the ear stuff because uh this ear how do you call it? I don't know, earphones because they're actually hard to animate. Oh, I bet like different trying to keep angles. them consistent and perfect. Like that. like mm-hmm. in the in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like having yeah. having to draw ellipses in perspective. Yeah, it's one of the worst things. <laughs> yeah. It really helps when a character has like a head full of big flowy hair because <laughs> you do it's kind of, it kind of like gives you uh it lets you kind of cheat the it was it will it will always move better yeah. than a character without hair it, it's funny. because you'll have I, to distract i i, I, I used to really like drawing um like things with a lot a lot of hair or like wires <laughs> or like lots of little things on it and people would say like oh my god that looks so that looks so hard but to me actually huh? animating a really simple clean thing where there's just like one or two of them can sometimes be more challenging because if there's you know like a million teeth nobody's like really counting every single tooth or every single hair <laughs> or bump but people are like that headphone keeps moving you know like that circle keeps moving yeah 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 <laughs> no when i was animating that monster for the loop um the loop i did it's like i thought that would be a case and then i had to like count every tooth every tooth the monster has it's still a little bit inconsistent but that's all right i think that's the beauty of animation though i think animation where stuff is wobbling around a little bit it feels more human made and i think that yeah i I like that yeah i was gonna say that i i think it's like it's nice when you can tell something has been done by a person i feel especially nowadays in the age of like ai and stuff when like things that ai can like spit out is so polished and like so 
and kind of loses the life i like to see art where you can tell like oh what person drew that because there's like all these like little details that shows that like there's like a hand that drew this you know what i mean like the little the way the little things could wobble or mm -hmm. have extra life i think that's really cool yeah I think when you watch like older Disney movies too, like, I mean, as a kid, I didn't notice that. But now looking at this, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of woeful to those lines, mm -hmm. but it still mm -hmm. looks great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are like the animation is great. It's just like you can see those are like, and it's drawn on paper too, which makes it a lot harder to be perfect. <laughs> the headline is Enba calls out old. Uh, Disney animators, the the nine old men, uh, wobbly, no. the nine wobbly old men. Uh, no. <laughs> the line work is bad. Mine is better. Uh, I draw headphones no. way better than the nine old men. <laughs> they didn't even so... know what headphones were. That's some character assassination. <laughs> I mean, I you wouldn't would never be able that. to. I wouldn't be able to animate anything properly on paper it's yeah so well, they can't use procreate <laughs> <laughs> well they're i can't use procreate either I don't oh no <laughs> it's a draw <laughs> they're dead they're dead i don't have an ipad you win so. they're dead you win you won the fight, you won the fight. what's your talking about everybody's drawing like what's your favorite animation software to use because i feel like us storyboard artists we're just always using storyboard pro for every single thing <laughs> mm. i use those tv paint but now i use harmony oh yeah what's your pros and cons of using one or the other well i used to find uh, tv paint more intuitive but after getting used to working with uh storyboard pro uh harmony just felt more like natural to work with the line the uh vector line or and especially like having uh another window open uh on uh another monitor that's become really important to me and you can't do that with tv paint as far oh, as I, remember. I see mm. so it's like really important for me to have like another window is it the camera view that you're using yeah oh nice like, I... so i can oh that... So I can zoom in and still see the full picture. Yeah, that is that is so in that's so interesting that you mentioned that because I used to never use the camera view because I was like I don't know what this does and mm -hmm. I've kind of started using it a little bit more recently because it does help you see your your camera moves and stuff a lot better rather than yeah. when you're in just like the the like panel layout yeah. drawing. I also had some bad habits, bad drawing habits that it helped prevent, like drawing the character's heads too big or stuff like that. So yeah, uh, it really helps having the full picture on another monitor. Yeah, that's so cool. I was gonna, yeah, I want. I was wondering if like doing storyboard had changed anything about the way you animated, but I guess it's just made you change softwares. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did uh, change the way I, I animated because I mean, like the line is different. Like it's vector mm. rather than bitmap. Yeah, I think coloring with uh, TV paint was easier. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there's something I'm missing with Harmony. 
exporting um mostly technical stuff mm -hmm. mostly mostly that sort of thing see uh and yeah just technical stuff i'm like looking through all of your all of the drawings of your ocs and it's so cool that like you can tell so much of the story just with your drawings the different drawings you have of them because you have a drawing of the sisters when is is she the younger sister the one with the um, the headphones uh they both had headphones oh, the one without oh, the basically big hair. yeah the one with the short hair the one that you drew well basically their names even though they're temporary names are Aska and Lisselle. Mm -hmm. I think, like, you could tell which is which by their appearance. Eska's the short one with the yeah. short... Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I think Eska is the older sister, but, like, by half a year, because they're aliens, and uh, so it has to be, like, kind of weird. I like that idea. So they're more similar in age, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in my in the show pitch I wrote, it was like mostly about their personalities and how they interact with each other and how they get along while traveling with each other. It was sort of like half based on when I traveled a little with my sister and a lot of it was like trying to compromise on what both of us want to do or like to do and so that's a great example of uh writing uh and creating from life which i think is a, a really important thing to making uh relatable stories like um like it helps you create an honest story that is relatable and like anybody who has a sibling might be able to be like oh yeah i know that situation like mm -hmm. i've had that situation with my brother or whatever it is yeah, for for the pitch, I also like made them teenagers. <laughs> Originally, I didn't think of an age for them, so <laughs> yeah, a lot of things uh, were solidified in that in that pitch, which I only pitched in one place, and uh, maybe I will pitch it again somewhere eventually. That would be so cool. Cause your pitch, cause I remember seeing your pitch, and it was so cute and like really cool and like it's like such a big world that you have and and you have like so much proof of concept too with all your animations mm -hmm. and everything yeah i've kind of been wanting to make a sort of like a trailer like a fake trailer for it mm. what's your um, but... writing process like for it like it seems like you investigated a lot with images and and feelings i don't know how much you actually write or if you ever write anything down or if you're just sort of making it up in your head but like i'm curious about what your process for creating this world or this story or these characters uh, is well writing uh, can be like a big hurdle for me so that was like the hardest part of the pitch that's why there's a lot of art in it i feel i feel like i convey things better through art I had some people look at it and help me write it better. So I I can't really say much about writing. I, it's just like, uh, <laughs> I think anyone is better at it than me. Well, but What's I mean, the most helpful tip that one of your friends who helped you write it gave you? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. good. But but that's, that's also... Val, I like like 
there is more than one type of way to create and write something and there's more than type of one type of way to write a story and then th there are stories that are mostly told through visuals that aren't ha were never written out in script form and that's and that's okay I, I i mean i think that's also something that people listening should hear too if you have a way of writing a story but you're maybe not as good with words or even if like the language that you're trying to write it in isn't your first language like there's mm -hmm. there's multiple reasons why writing might not be your go-to for telling the story a another reason uh to to write to write it in the way that you're writing it or to tell your story in the way that you're telling it is that like anyone can look at the videos and the gifts that you've been making and understand universally across all languages what's happening as soon as you start adding a lot of writing or even language or talking then then you're you know people can be excluded from understanding it but you you're mm -hmm. telling it in a very pure way and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that i think it's i used to write more I used to have web comics uh though now when i look back at them they're kind of cringe so i kind of like i think you kind of it's kind of like important to get to free yourself from the feeling you're cringe and that's something i've been struggling with a bit like I, i'll write like some dialogue and i'll think like is this cringe what do you think what makes you okay what is it when you write that you, that makes you feel like it's cringe <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be relatable to everybody actually oh yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure it's like not research enough it's not um it doesn't feel natural enough um it's too weeaboo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's relatable yeah i know what you mean <laughs> all, so i kind of wanna stories, you know? yeah i kind of need to work on being cringe and free i guess yeah, cause, cause I was. It's interesting that you bring up web comics because I didn't know that you did web comics before. Um, was it something that you did for a while? Do you have yeah, ever since middle school till till college, I think a little after college even. I don't think I had anything going uh, through college, but uh, I've done some web comics. None of them really went anywhere. But I think they really helped me develop my uh, drawing skills because it really takes you out of your comfort zone. Like you need to draw backgrounds, you need to do, you need to draw the characters doing like doing stuff that might not be that fun to draw. Mm -hmm. You need to learn to learn composition and such. So I think it helped me at least to grow as an artist even if they didn't go anywhere. How many pages did you do? I've had several chapters for each webcomic, and each chapter would be like 30 pages, so... Wow. So that's like <sighs> over 100 pages. Probably. It was something pretty substantial, but again, it didn't really go anywhere. I mostly like, now that I think back on it, it's like, how did I manage to draw on pen with a pen and paper <laughs> oh really it was all traditional too it was a while ago um and and were you writing dialogue with those two or where or is it sort of yeah. like silent comics oh okay 
yeah it was all dialogue i don't think it was a very like high level of dialogue probably like manga escalation <laughs> level of dialogue <laughs> have you have you tried writing in that same way that you wrote comics but for um your characters now Ah, well, that's why I say I need to, like, let go of the cringe, cringe feeling. <laughs> it's It's gotten harder the older I've gotten. Like, when I was younger, it was easier, maybe because I had a very, very tiny audience, too. I feel like, I feel like you might be too harsh on yourself. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Could be. I mean, there were a lot of cringe comics, uh, cringe web comics online at the time. I feel like back then it it felt like more of a hobby thing mm. too. Today, like there's a lot of focus on monetizing everything you do, mm-hmm. and back then it was like eh, web comic <laughs> just for the sake of doing it. So, so now now that you are you know a professional artist, you feel like there's maybe a little bit of pressure to like now that you're yeah. a professional you know storyboard artist people are also going to be like, well, you're a professional comic artist if you do one comic, because you're already a professional artist, sort of. Do you feel like there's I that, like, so, pressure there? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe, like, doing art without the pressure of doing it professionally, that that could be, like, that could really help with creativity and expressing yourself better. Uh, so this is probably for more of the beginning artists out there. Like, don't feel that pressure. Just try to enjoy what you do. Good yeah. Forget about the cringe. We're all cringe. I think it's so easy <laughs> to forget to have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, especially when you start taking art seriously. When mm-hmm. when you don't think of art as like your as as a professional thing, you're like, well who cares i'm just doing this for fun and so you don't really think about anything but as soon as like you made money with it one day it's like tainted yeah definitely (laughs) are you worried that like if you were to post quote unquote something like cringe on like for example on your twitter would you be more worried about the other industry professionals or like the fans of the shows you worked on or like whose opinion are you the whose opinion do you think you care about too much (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. i'm not sure (laughs) i guess maybe all of them all of them (laughs) yeah that's so funny Mm -hmm. well what would be something that you would be excited to do next because you've been so you've been doing storyboards have you um, ever like considered going into directing or yeah i mean uh let's see i really i would really like to work on feature that sounds like something that would be interesting to do directing if it's like a show i'm interested in i'll be like that could be really really fun i think (laughs) Mostly I want to work on stuff that are fun for me to draw, fun for me to work on. I think Amphibia was like a show like that. It was felt like very um, creatively fulfilling. Mm -hmm. 
if that makes sense like as far as working on a on a show can be yeah I think we all have like that one show that kind of popped into our lives at some point <laughs> and we're like I'm so happy I made it but then the show only lasts for so long <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <gasps> yeah amphibia was really fun like got to do like fight scenes and crazy locations and it was really fun yeah i was gonna ask yeah. what what um uh was it that you had more creative freedom on that show is it just that it like set you up to do things that you felt naturally strong at did you were you able to like did you feel more listened to or like pitched more jokes like what what about it felt like you know like man this is like a dream show that i'm working on you know uh i think all of these um i came in only at season two so i kind of had a i had, a, had an idea like let's see what the show was about and so there wasn't that stage of like figuring out figuring that out and yeah, I got to work on some of the more like plot heavy episodes. I got to work on the Sasha episode, which was really fun because I really liked her in season one. And I got to do fight scenes, which was also like yeah. really fun. I got get my, some of my own jokes in, though some of them I think are a little questionable. Like there's a joke <laughs> about that I can't believe they kept about. It was about the height of uh, American toilet stall doors. That's a good joke, though. Why? Why wouldn't they keep <laughs> it in? So high up. <laughs> so the characters are like trying to hide and hide in the bathroom in in a public bathroom. <laughs> they, but like the bad guys, are not exactly bad guys, but see uh, their feet. And the, and the characters are complaining about the door being really high up. That is so true, though. That is so true, though. It's another relatable like, thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hate that. It's just kind of weird for it to be like in in an American show. <laughs> I mean, but that's but that's a that's a real thing that like like hey, like you know if somebody's trying to hide in a in a bathroom stall, you know, like you can see the you can see the feet. Like th there's lots of funny jokes that i've seen where like i mean not not jokes but there's like funny videos where you see like somebody like a kid like somebody's like on the toilet in a public bathroom <laughs> and then like a kid just crawls under and it's just like oh no! hi and, and he's like no! uh, uh excuse me and the and the kid's like hi and he like gets up and he starts just hanging out in there with the person like pooping <laughs> like like there's oh, a lot no! of there's a lot of funny things about that where <laughs> that make fun of like how like you just like crawl under like i don't know uh, yeah so yeah it's, it's nice to like be able to sometimes play my own joke. jokes or ideas and that to be listened to because uh like uh, matt was a great showrunner who felt like he really listened to us and for ideas uh, have have you ever tried to write a joke and you realize that there was sort of a um a culture or language barrier where like it's funny to you and it'd be funny even to people back home but 
because it's here like someone might not get it i'm just curious if that's ever i'm not sure like i don't think i ran a lot of jokes by people mm-hmm. uh i don't remember any instance of it but i think maybe my humor is a little maybe a little too dark sometimes so so you're so you're hold you're holding back do you, do you have an example of something that you wish that you could have put in but it was it was too dark to put in an episode i mean amphibia uh not as much i don't know i think just like people getting hurt is pretty funny <laughs> this is this is another good See. take from Imbal. Uh People <laughs> put that out of context. Well, people violence. people getting hurt is pretty funny. The nine old men didn't know how to draw uh, stable lines. Oh come on! The lines were very stable. The lines weren't stable. People. Their lines were very stable. <laughs> and we love when oh people get gosh. hurt, and it's funny. That's how no no that's how we never get any guests on our podcast ever again when they hear that bit where we just gotta like change the words. I was I didn't change well, I didn't change the word of this one. This one was just in Bowl saying like I love when people get hurt. It's funny. I was already on a pod- podcast that got uh, cancelled. Uh oh no. I don't know if because of me, but I was the last one interviewed Whoa, what and it was never Aired. What if your podcast <gasps> bad luck? What if you're like a, a podcast <laughs> curse that roams from podcast to I podcast, giving them destroyed? <laughs> oh my god, not. that would be so funny. We'll break your curse. We'll break it for you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> because this episode definitely is going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, because we can't disappoint all of the fans who asked us all those questions. <laughs> We have so many questions for you. Oh, yeah, questions. Yeah, we have our we have questions from our patrons. Our patron Mallard um asks, "What is your favorite cat related memory?" So, anything? What's your favorite cat moment in your life? <laughs> oh wow, there's so many. <laughs> my favorite. I have a lot of favorite moments with my cat Claudius. The one that we see we saw earlier yeah the a cute fat uh wobbly cat it's like the nine old men's room like a pretty funny but not favorite recent thing he did was poke his head out of the bal- balcony railing and Puking to the neighbor's patio. <laughs> that rules. I like that he did that on his own. He was like, can't mess up this room, but the other room. And he pukes a lot in general. <laughs> he usually isn't as considerate. But yeah, my sister rescued him when he was a kitten, and his mom abandoned him for being disabled. And uh, I don't know. Every moment with him is my favorite. He's so cute. Aww. He came with you from um, Israel? Yeah, I took him with me uh, on a plane. It's also like, it was also a really nice moment before he, like, before he freaked out and ran away and peed in the middle of the plane. Um, 
it, it was very cute too. Like I have some photos of him looking out the window and. Uh, oh, he was but then he freaked out. That's yeah, so... but then he freaked out. He escaped his carrier and keyed and ran under someone's. How did he get out? I tried to let him like it's a really long flight, so I tried to let him like stretch a little. Oh like, my god! To get it was him you. out for a bit. He tricked you. Uh, come on, he was like before he was okay. He would, but suddenly he freaked out, and yeah. So someone on that plane was like sleeping, and when they woke up, he this came to them and like uh, just took a huge cat from beneath their seat. So that would have probably been pretty funny for them. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he peed on the person. I was like, oh! No, not on the person. He peed in the middle of the plane. <laughs> and then he went to hide like under the person's seat. Oh where, like the gosh. person didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, Claudius is a very naughty... Naughty boy. <laughs> oh, he's asleep. Yeah, now he's asleep. He's always sleeping on me, which is cute, but he's he also weighs nearly 20 pounds. <laughs> is this... Um, oh, it's uh, like 8 kilo or something. I think it's almost 10. Yeah, 8. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. I think 8 is right. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm drawing so you and your cat. Is this Is, is this accurate? Ah, uh, let me see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that he's a little mad. He doesn't oh like being held. He doesn't like being held. So yeah. Oh, let's see another funny moment, which I which wish I took a, oh, I wish I filmed because he, but he never does anything cute while I he was having his zoomies and then like did a full flip. That's really cute. <laughs> Yeah, because his zoomies are really funny. He's uh, because he's because of his disability. It's a it's a funnier, more haphazard zoomies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like slapstick. Oh it's like some like slapstick yeah. comedy zoomies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my cat does this funny thing where like when he's in a doorway, if you're walking to the doorway, instead of turning around like a normal whatever or like backing up or anything he does a little hop and then it's almost like you just turn him in midair like and 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 (laughs) like he tries to jump and do a 180 like in place with his little feet out and i like that little (laughs) hop he does oh that's so cute we have another question from a one of our patrons Mm -hmm. brother to drummer asks what do you like to do to unwind because animating for yourself or others seems like pretty hard work (laughs) playing video games i play maybe a little too much i play a lot of (laughs) video games what are some of your favorites favorite probably elden ring oh nice and lately i've been i picked up a very bad habit of playing genshin impact ah Ah, uh, uh, yes. I just like the grindy open world games. Yeah, are you are it's you good really at Elden cute. Ring? I'm so bad at that game. Like, like I'm not good at controlling it. You know. I mean, I managed to beat Millennia, but after a lot of tries, and I used the, I feel like playing Dark Souls three like made me feel more like I was good at video games because with Elden Ring you have the summons which uh mm-hmm. 
I ended up using. I know it's like uh, casual, but <laughs> no judgment. I would never play Elden Ring or like I've. It's too. It's too much for me. Like I will yeah. gladly be a casual gamer if I never have to pick up Elden Ring. <laughs> oh yeah, I also like so I like Souls like games. So I also really liked Bloodborne. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. Which felt easier than Elden Ring or Dark Souls? Uh. From our patient Puzzle Gum, what was your Puzzle Glum? What was your favorite <laughs> scene of Amphibia that you worked on? Let's see, I really liked the Anne and Sasha fight in the season two finale, uh, True Colors. That was like a really cool episode. And I got you to do them like fighting to the death sort of like doing a duel so that was like really fun to draw and also like in the not the finale episode because they didn't work on it but like the last episode of season three that i worked on like there was a big battle between Anne and a big mecha <laughs> mecha andreas who is uh he's the bad guy and he has like a mech suit so and and gets like uh super saiyan powers uh that she can finally control properly and so that was a really fun fight to animate but it was also kind of sad because it was like the last episode i worked on so uh true colors was like ah uh, yeah there's more of that you get yeah. to do another season. <laughs> yeah, what what's it what's it like for you to um end working on a show? Like what's what's that process like? Do you do you, do you like feel sad or you like, man, I can't I, I don't get to draw these characters anymore? And inversely, uh what's it like for you going on to a new show and trying to learn the a drawing style that you know maybe it's not exactly the way that you draw or or whatever? I mean, ending a show, uh, rolling off a show definitely is pretty sad if it's a show you liked, uh, especially Amphibia, which was like a, a show that I really enjoyed working on. Uh, so, yeah, we were all like writing goodbye letters and uh, drawing to each other and crying and uh, <laughs> yeah, and starting a new show is it can be pretty tough like get, getting used to drawing the characters to what uh what's expected of you i feel like the middle of working on a show is the best oh yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's the best <laughs> it's like when you're on cruise control because you know the characters yeah. you know the humor you know what you yeah. can and can't do yeah 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 mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel that <laughs> when you're you're not as insecure as the beginning. The beginning of a show is so hard. I think mm -hmm. the first three episodes are always kind of like, oh my gosh, it's are they gonna rough. fire me? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the only show I worked on, like episode one, is out is the Owl House. Uh, Haley came in like a few episodes in already, and Amphibia like season two, mm. so. Yeah, so we're the, like the very beginning. So like, I remember being pretty, uh, but I was a freelancer. I wasn't there, so there's a lot of things I wasn't privy to. So I was really surprised when, yeah. like, Abity has green hair. 
<laughs> I thought she was blonde. That's so funny. Uh, I like hearing how the characters sound like and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've had their voices in your head for so long. Mm-hmm. Or you've heard the scratch. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, so funny. What does, it, what does it feel like to go into a show for you and it like maybe it's something that you've already been a fan of and now you're learn you know you're learning the like inside secrets before it comes out and you're working on it like like what's that what's that feeling like is there something that was the most exciting to you about going on to one of those shows for the first time where you were like it hit you and like oh my god i'm i'm on the show you know like for amphibia um like either yeah when i watched season one like it hasn't aired yet, so I had to like they had to like send me stuff and like I had to ask for like uh, if they had the finished versions and like uh, uh but then I watched like the season finale, which was like holy oh, shit, that's so good. <laughs> but uh, the whole the whole season was really fun, and so in that case, it was like seeing what was already there and like getting excited over that. So there's also like I don't know seeing what's what people already came up up with and and stuff like that. That's awesome. I we have a great question from YouTube. Uh, one of our listener at Beast Mo- uh, modded. Yes. What do you do when you get assigned a sequence? Um, how do you evoke the viewers' emotions or get them to feel like you want? And they, mm. they add to the questions. They saw through your portfolio uh, that you storyboarded some of their favorite sequences in Phoebe and the Owl House. I guess trying to think about key moments and how those would look like. Uh, I'm a huge weeb and I like to watch anime and I really like the more like emotional sort of... I guess maybe like more generally, can like if you... Let's pretend you get a sequence that is assigned to you and it's very emotional. How do you kind of like start breaking it down? You say that you start thinking about the moments. Um, so does that mean that you draw the moments that you see first in your head? Or do you work linearly? Like how do you kind of like break it down? Or do you just not think about it and you just kind of draw it? <laughs> well, I tend to work linearly because it feels like, uh, I don't know, it helps uh, that feeling of uh, progression mm. well, like because otherwise you do like a scene that you like more and then like oh I have to do like a whole bunch of stuff that's more difficult and and the deadline's tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> but I have like maybe a key moment in my head uh, for example like a really emotional scene in Amphibia was I don't know if that's on my portfolio. I need to check, uh, like, where Anne thinks she has to... The planters have to go home without her and that Marcy would help her go back to... That they could go back to their own world. And uh, so she she thinks that they're going to uh, separate forever. And, like, it's the middle of season two, I think. Um, so they... They leave Newtopia and Anne, then like Marcy sees that Anne really wants to stay, stay with them. So she's like, okay, go to them. And Anne runs after them. 
So I kind of like had this, when I read the script, I was like, okay, I want Anne to run away, run while uh, the sun's going down. And like you see it going down throughout the sequence. I don't remember if it was in the script or not. I'm sorry if it was and I forgot it. So I was really thinking about like sort of anime style sunset type of shot. And in the end, like, and you see her like framed against the setting sun and going like, uh, I'm coming back with you. So that was like a key moment I really wanted to draw. So I had that in my head. So it's more like thinking about like the key, key shots and like, what I want to accomplish with those and how to get to them. Yeah, I think that's really that's really great because I do mm-hmm. feel like that is a great way to describe how sometimes you just get like the images right from the script and then you can mm-hmm. kind of like start working from that. Yeah, and like you kind of want to build to each of these moments. Yeah, I feel like it's really important to have like um sort of like key moments, like moments that stand out, like um what is it like shots that are really interesting to look at. Not every shot needs to be that, like, obviously, need, there need to be contrast to, like, shots that are more, like, regular looking, and then ones that are, like, that uh, catch your eye. So that contrast really helped. Or another shot that I really liked was, uh, really liked working on was the reveal of Darcy, where, like, she's also, like, framed against this, this giant eye. Oh, yeah, that's, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's also, like, something I try to work towards. So just, like, one or two cool shots. Yeah, that is, that is, I think that's because then, like, you get motivated because you're like, ooh, I can't wait to draw this. It's going to be so cool. That's a a great way to to approach a sequence. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of questions that are sort of similar. So one from... um, uh, at Flippy Super on Twitter and from at Beast Mudded on YouTube, they ask, "What are your main t- tips for someone who wants to do animation like yours on their own?" I mean, depends what they mean. Like, what do they mean? Like, how to start? How to work on the software? How to come up with ideas? I think more about like maybe like being motivated and like what you're your work approach is like how do you maybe like think of your shot not so much the nitty-gritty of the software but more like how do you kind of lay out your animations and how do you build from zero to like a a beautifully animated shot (laughs) how to be motivated like i mean it's personal work it's uh like you do it for fun so it needs to be something you really want to work on really want to look forward to drawing I think once I like really get into it, once I have the idea down and I started, I like can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like I have to get it done. Yeah, and then like kind of like what are your steps like to go from like like a blank piece of paper to mm-hmm. something that's like animated? Do you kind of like start with the background or do you start with the characters? Do you draw a little storyboard panel? I start with some really ugly rough animation, like really <laughs> ugly. I mean, those animations I've done have been getting, like, more and more complicated. Like, if you go through my Tumblr, like, you see, like, the earlier ones are just, like, a character on a white background. And now it's, like, a whole scene with uh, Mm -hmm. shading and lighting because I started, like, 
doing a path uh, on After Effects rather than doing the whole thing at in TV Paint. I, I'm curious how many passes you take, and I'm I'm always curious about how many passes animators take because some people will do like okay, I'm doing. Uh, like storyboard almost like stick figure pass and then i do like a pass of like just the strongest shapes that are like like just like a circle of the head that's flowing this mm -hmm. way and then i do like a like a mm. sort of trying to get the character's body on and then i have another pass where i tie it down and i draw like how many passes do you usually do for or do you kind of just work straight ahead like rough certain yeah well it's more like so i said like i said i do like a really ugly animation pass it's like no one could understand it by me, but me. Um, it's the same with storyboarding. I always do like a really ugly pass that's just from my eyes. I don't. I hate doing uh, thumbnails when like directors ask to see thumbnails because my thumbnails are so ugly. <laughs> it's like I swear it's gonna look better <laughs> in the next pass. <laughs> So I do this like really ugly pass and then a less ugly pass and then uh, another like less ugly pass and then clean up <laughs> and then and then coloring and all of that all the stuff. But yeah, I'll also do the background separately. Usually I'll draw the background uh, in the animation software and then like export it to another program to like draw the final background this all the pieces needed uh the foreground background everything and um yeah pretty much pretty much that but i've been experimenting like i want to do stuff that's more complicated so it's getting more and more uh and now that i've started like doing uh shading and lighting and like also applying the filters in after effects on them it's like doing everything like a lot more neatly and separately and then export it, exporting like a million separate layers. <laughs> so you've been getting into some compositing, kind of compositing tricks too, not mm -hmm. just like animation. Yeah. You're learning some, mm -hmm. what's, what's another, what's like a trick that you, is in your like, like in your toolbox where you're like, oh, I like doing this to my, stuff in after effects to like I, I slap this filter on or whatever it is uh applying uh, uh subtle gradient to the shading oh <laughs> nice. yeah to the shading layer it looks very anime yeah cool. it looks very uh. good yeah i have the like oh ho, 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 to the animation tweet of yours like pulled up and i i noticed that i was like that shading is so nice it's that little <laughs> gradient that you've put yeah. on there and also, like, uh, having, like, um, lots of Gaussian blur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I usually do, like, to the highlight layer. And the uh, ho-ho-ho animation was, like, where I kind of maybe overdid it. Really? No, I think it uh, looks great. I think I used a tutorial on how to do, like, anime-style uh, compositing. <laughs> oh. So I've been, like, using that knowledge since then. Like, I don't have any, like, real secrets or tricks. I just looked at the tutorial. I think that's a great, that's a great tip right there, though. Like, you typed in, uh, oh, did you type in, like, oh, how to do anime style compositing? Or how did you find yeah. that video? That's great. Yeah. YouTube is so great. I mean, mm -hmm. the internet, man, you can really look up anything now. Mm -hmm. It's 
that's really cool. Yeah, all the knowledge is out there for free, everybody. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, something I've been like experimenting with more. And the uh, monster chase one was like, it's very short. It's like animation just loops. Uh, but so I kind of allowed myself to have like a trillion different layers for that for that one. It got really complicated. Yeah, that one is like it's very high quality yeah because you have also the background animated yeah (laughs) oh and like trying to match the background's animation to the character's steps that's that was tough did you um for the shadows below the characters did you hand did you hand animate shadows or did you use a trick where you like take that character turn the black and then Oh yeah, that's another trick I forgot uh, to mention. Like, yeah, turn, uh, get another layer of the character, the color layer, and like just turn it black. There's and then blur it, and then skew it, and like yeah, yeah blur, skew, and blur even more, and try and hope it matches. <laughs> it didn't match with the monster, so <laughs> yeah, that's the like are... even more several layers, several several more layers of. Eventually, I got it to look okay, but yeah, I'm a little too lazy to do uh, shadows. I know it would look better with animated shadows. Well, it's funny because you did, you did uh, shadows on the characters. You just don't want to do shadows under the characters, right? <laughs> yeah, like by the time I get to that part, I'm like, I'm tired oh, I want to get to compositing already. I'm tired. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it looks great. Man, yeah. it looks like a. I think it looks. It looks like a real show. But yeah. you know, it looks like it you does. would turn on TV, and then it's like that would be on. And you just watch you know? a full yeah. episode of that looping for thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode is <laughs> We do also have a another <laughs> Twitter question from Tatoba Main, who asks. What would be your biggest recommendation for someone who wants to enter the animation industry as a storyboard artist but lives outside of the U.S.? I'm not so sure about currently how it would work uh, because the industry looks kind of different than it did in 2018, 2019. It's like, is that good kind of different? <laughs> no. No, no, I'm, I'm just joking. That's it really helps you to post on social media, to post on Twitter and Tumblr. I think a lot of professionals were on Twitter back then. I think now a bit less uh, because after Twitter became like a cesspool. Are, I mean, are, are you seeing people? Was. Are you seeing people return to Tumblr as a Tumblr person? Are you seeing people know. return to Tumblr? I don't know. I don't know where people are now. I but back, hmm? I've just seen okay the, I might be biased but I've just seen on, seen on threads today that uh big big accounts big accounts are not art related but you know kind of like advertisers and mm-hmm. politicians and stuff are going to threads and leaving Twitter like they were kind of doing a list of all these different like Taylor Swift stopped posting on Twitter mm-hmm blah 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 and I think it might be on threads because I, I, I've been on Tumblr and I feel like Tumblr is I don't I think it's a zombie I don't mm-hmm. think it is yeah. I don't think it yeah. has revived entirely it's just a walking yeah. corpse right now I feel like if those Twitter what 
the way it was before that would have been nice <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know what threads i mean it's related to instagram right and instagram mm -hmm. i hate how you have to make your work square oh yeah like, it mm -hmm. really sucks for posting animation like on twitter you can just like put a gif like yeah whatever size you want and it will look it'll look fine what are your what are your thoughts on doing like planning vertical animation uh, i don't really want vertical <laughs> animation <laughs> no i mean there's sense. not there's nothing wrong with yeah. that i was i was just curious yeah. because at the end of the day if you're not planning on having the animations like screened at a festival or something like i guess technically there's no harm in in making your stuff vertical right but uh, i i think it's probably just a preference thing like you know, like now verticals we you know weird to board in or whatever yeah well i don't know uh so right now i'm trying to figure out myself and i don't know if i have like a good advice for how to get into the industry from outside the u.s so for me like getting my stuff noticed really helped it's just that now maybe there's a different way to do that everything's complicated yeah, so the more people from the animation industry were following me, like the more the more it helped. Like, yeah. And it helped getting freelance work too back then. So that makes all sense. I do I do agree that like because that's also how I got noticed with social media. And mm -hmm. it's like kind of hard now with social media because all the algorithms are so weird and different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's mm -hmm. a little tricky. Hard to know what to focus on because one mm -hmm. algorithm will change something and it wants you to do things in a certain way or use the carousel or use uh mm -hmm. you know you have to make a video of your of your picture or whatever it is and then a, a, a different website will want you to like specialize in like learning all the hashtags and a different one will like it's mm -hmm. hard it's hard to keep up with what each one wants and i it it makes me realize that uh it it, it might I can't tell whether it's better to just focus it on on one and become an expert in one, put all your eggs mm -hmm. in one basket, or just like sort of spread yourself <laughs> across every single thing yeah. just in case, you know? It's hard. I feel like I put a lot of my eggs in the Twitter basket and now Twitter is uh uh became what it became. Oh man. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> I do feel like I don't know. I do feel like your animation would do so well on like reels or like TikTok. I don't have you posted them on TikTok? No, TikTok kind of scares me. Yeah, everybody says you. that. What's it what, yeah. what's scary to you about it? I'm just curious. Uh I don't know. It seems like so much rage bait and weird kid stuff and <laughs> singing toilets and I <laughs> No, I, I get what you mean, though. It took me a long yeah. time to go over to TikTok at all because I was, I was like, it's just not my style. But, uh... And, like, what do I need to do to get noticed on Twitter, on TikTok? Like, put a, another video of mine, like, playing video games at the second, at the, at half the screen. I think it's, like, you, I think it's good to just kind of post your work because I feel like uh, TikTok is, is, the algorithm is really, really good when you just start out. Uh, I think it was, I was kind of reading up on, I love reading up on social media, even though it, like, makes me so sad. <laughs> but, it like, you're very, at the beginning, you're very, uh, 
the algorithm pushes you a lot, but then when you get more and more followers, the algorithm stops pushing you as much because mm. it wants you to keep posting more so you get that viral video Oof. again. Yeah, it's oh, uh, it's kind of like a numbers <laughs> game, but yeah. I mean, it's I I I personally have liked posting on TikTok. I don't really mm -hmm. use it. I don't really like look at it, but mm -hmm. I think it's a great way to kind of meet to kind of like have a like a younger audience like you can reach people who you wouldn't reach through mm. tumblr or instagram i think um so yeah that was pretty cool yeah i really gotta look into it and also into like reformatting my stuff for instagram and uh, it's also tiring there's a way that i've been seeing people do the uh the, the tiktok thing where animators do the tiktok thing where they they'll take like trending audio and in the same way that like a few years ago we were seeing everybody animate clips from podcasts like game grumps mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. and people would like animate the character you know what is happening in the podcast people are taking like tiktok or instagram trends and they're anim using that audio and animating like i don't know like a little cat saying it or whatever it is I've seen mm. that work okay for some people, but it, I mean that's not find... everybody's style. <laughs> you know? How do yeah. you find what's the trending audio? audio? <laughs> no. Well, it'll recommend oh. you stuff, and if you yeah. if you find a post that has like a million views, you can you can look at that audio and see how many people mm. are doing you know versions of that audio or whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess <laughs> I just I just feel like such a boomer when it comes to places <laughs> like TikTok. <laughs> it, it it's funny that my video that's done the best on TikTok is something that I don't really like plan on doing again. I did like a like a a video game parody of um mm -hmm. it's that uh that video game Hades. And but oh, there's yeah. that mm -hmm. intro shot in the trailer where he like comes out of the puddle or what blood puddle or whatever and he takes out his sword and he's all sexy and he like puts it on his shoulder. But I altered mm -hmm the existing animation so that he accidentally chops off of his, his head when he does that <laughs> and then it cuts wide and his little head rolls and his body splats down and that and then he comes up again yeah and 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 that one like blew up but like i mm. i don't animate like video game stuff often <laughs> so, so so like all those people that followed me they're probably like you know like what's this all this other stuff it's stupid oh yeah me neither i don't do as much fan art anymore Sometimes maybe I do it for like really obscure stuff, but uh, uh, I don't know. I never feel like doing fan art for popular stuff anymore. Mm. I don't know why. I think it kind of comes and goes, you know, like sometimes you get like really excited about a show and you're like, oh, this is all I can't think about. So like now I'm going to draw it. But if you're not like really invested in like a fandom right now, then yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got, so I said I got into Genshin Impact. I swear I didn't pay anything for it, but uh, some of the fans like they do insane stuff, like like absolutely like crazy fan movies, and like seeing that it's like, okay, they're good. Like I don't feel the need to add to that. It's mm -hmm. it's hard to force that kind of stuff because also if so you're great. forcing it, people can tell. Yeah. I think people can tell that mm -hmm. you're like doing something just to do it. I think, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll do more fan art for like the weird, obscure shows I grew up. And with. I think, honestly, you don't have to. Like, you're doing no. such great work with yeah. like your your OCs. I think that would 
like just the quality of that is just so nice and like and interesting and you have so much going on in your universe already I think that's like so like, it's just so cool to to see that art and I think any platform you post it on would really react to it positively it's it's rare for people to latch on to an oc to i feel like because mm -hmm. like it's not even a parody thing it's like an original mm -hmm. piece and people are like like oh these characters are dope you know like like these are cool characters and i i feel like that's you know that's rare that's that's awesome yeah it's just uh <laughs> i feel sometimes like i'm drawing the same stuff a bit too much uh oh really but i don't know i'm like uh I don't know. I just prefer. I I'm not really much of a designer or character designer, so uh, I'm more interested in doing like doing like scenes and such. So let's do this these scenes with my OCs. I think it's cool. Like it's just like you know, like you've done so much with them, and I think it's like so interesting to hear like everything that you've done with them too. And I can't wait to see more of them. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to see you draw some more of them and like. And people are gonna, they're gonna freak out when you introduce the new alien cat that they have. That <laughs> uh, we're that we're revealing on this podcast. They did have a <laughs> no, cat in joking. the in the pitch. They had like their uh, ship computer was sort sort of uh, like a cat. That's cute. Like uh, one of those, I don't know. I just like have this Facebook po Facebook post by one of my former teachers, former college teachers, stuck in my head. Like a really ridiculous Facebook post, or someone like posted her cat that her cat got lost, and the cat looked like this, like really like angry, and that teacher like. You know, she's looking for a cat, but he posted this whole, like, little rant about how this cat, this isn't the cat, his name is ba Basil, and he's a general in the English army in the 19th century, or something <laughs> like that, and he can go wherever he likes. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> something like that is, like, utterly ridiculous. That's so funny. Oh, yeah, this is, like, what the cat looks like. Just like yeah. how that cat escaped... V, why don't why don't you take it over? Take it over. Yep. Just like that cat escape, uh, we're gonna have to let you escape in Bell from this creative block podcast, mm -hmm. so you can. Um... You little generals, all you little generals <laughs> out there, you, you get to escape. So yeah, I don't know. I made the cat into the ship's computer, but I just want to use it as a character in some way. I like it. <laughs> because that that Facebook post was so weird. That's so funny. Well, with that, um, with that little escapade, that's the end of our um creative block in in Bar. Thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Thanks for inviting me. And thank you to our listeners. Follow us on social media at CRTV Block, where we ask for drawing mm -hmm. prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor Clements for editing the podcast, Marco for helping us produce the show, and Abuka for creating the short clips we've been putting out. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews and access to our Discord community. Check the link in the description of this episode for our Patreon, but also for all of InBattle's social media and um, give her a follow. And if you want to support us also in a different way, you can comment, like, subscribe, all this good stuff. It really helps the algorithm uh, play in our favor. 
I've been your host, V. Uh, and I was Sean. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.